0: Anybody familiar with this picture? Men, in particular. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie, raising his hand. Yeah, what's interesting to me is I, uh, when I looked at this, I, I remembered in particular my mother, and my mother would say to me, "Now you better listen to me, right." But it was more like, you better listen to this. You better be listening to me. And when she said that, I realized, okay, what she's about to say is very important. Because I grew up with a mother that if I didn't listen to her and do what she said, there would be repercussions for that and I would feel it. Anybody else? Can I get an amen on that? You better listen to me. Um, I my wife, from time to time, she will say, you're not listening to me, which I think that's an interesting way to begin a conversation, <laughs> which proves the point. This idea of listening and, and what they are they are trying to communicate to me is you're not paying attention. I understand that your ears still work and they're able to pick up these vibrations from the atmosphere and they're resonating in your ear, but you're not paying attention. You're not taking heed uh, to what I'm saying. And so I want to tell you, I'm challenged today. I'm challenged that as I have gone through and, and looked at the Gospel of Mark, and we're going to be in chapter four today, that It is amazing to me how often I miss on what Jesus Christ was really trying to get across to us. And I said this, one of the greatest challenges that we have in Christianity is paying attention to the life and the teaching of Jesus Christ. And learning then to put those principles into practice. Here's, here's the thinking that I've, I've fallen for. Jesus was perfect. I am not. And so maybe the, the best that I can do is, I hope that I can get saved and stay saved. So everything becomes just about my, my own salvation. I've got to make sure I believe everything just exactly right. And that I'm doing everything exactly right. And I hope that in the end this, this pays off. And, and I spend a lot of my life wrestling with what is referred to as the gospel of sin management. I'm just trying to manage my own sin. I just don't know if I'm if I'm saved. So I go, I'll, go, I'll go to church, maybe I'll throw in a few bucks here and there, and maybe that'll keep me saved. And here's the challenge. And by the way, if you don't know me, I, I, was, I think I was born into the church on the second row when I was little. My dad was in ministry, he preached. He preached for over 65 years until he died. I, was, I grew up right there on that second row. And I've heard us, and I've listened to us, and I've heard myself, and here's what I put down today. We've been taught a lot about Jesus as our Savior. Right? That He died for my sins, and I can be forgiven by saying yes to Jesus, which is salvation. Critically important. But I'm not sure we've been taught as much about Jesus Christ as Lord. Lord of my life. And then designing my life around what he taught and what he did. And so, for instance, nearly everything up to this point in our worship has been about the death of Jesus, the burial of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, that we are forgiven of our sins because of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank God for that. It's true. But do we pay attention to what he taught? Do we pay attention to how He lived and what He's calling us to do? Or has Christianity just been boiled down to this box? You know, we kind of um, conceptualize it, put it in, in the conceptualize, not the right word. What's the word I'm looking for? When we compartmentalize our faith into this box where we come together on Sundays and we talk this language, right? Jesus is the Son of God. He died for my sins, the blood of the Lamb. And it's all true. And again, thank you, God, for that. But what am I doing with my life right now? Tomorrow? All right, enough of that. So let me give you a quick recap recap of what we have looked at uh, in the Gospel so far, the Gospel of Mark. Jesus was baptized. This voice comes out of heaven. This is my beloved. This is the one. Great moment. This is God's Son. Immediately, though, he was sent in the desert to be tempted for 40 days. The challenge, overcome, grow, develop, however you want to describe it. We then looked at, he walks up to these men and said, follow me. That's all he gives them. Come on, let's go. They get up, they leave everything, they follow him. He's confronted with evil. He's confronted with opposition. We looked at that in the synagogue. He understood his purpose. And because he understood his purpose, he was able to say, no, we're not going back into the village. We're going over here. And the idea is that when we understand our purpose, it gives us the ability to say no to the best things in life. He said, and we looked at this, I believe, last week, the healthy aren't the ones that need a doctor. It's only the sick. It's easy to fall into the category of being self-righteous. May God forbid we don't ever do that. And then, of course, we talked about new wine has to go into new wineskins. At some point, all of us need a total transformation. Quit trying to patch it. So Jesus surrendered to this process and we are called to do the same. With the challenges and the trials and the obstacles and things that come our way, it makes us stronger. Now, having said that, let's go to... Um, let's go to uh, chapter four. And if you turn over there, let me put this right here, you'll notice a few things that Jesus is hit with this large crowd. If you go back to chapter three, I think it's about verse seven, you'll see the same thing that Jesus is healing and, 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 and He's teaching and, he, and he's driving out the evil spirits, and these people are coming from multiple places. They're just crowding around Jesus. And you have to ask yourself, what exactly are they coming to him for? What are are they wanting from him? And I believe one of the things that can be said about this particular crowd is that um, they're coming to him for healing and for handouts. You might even say, some of them are looking for a quick fix. Hey, there he is. I got this issue. He can heal it. I'll be done. I got this problem. Whatever it is, there's Jesus. Everybody crowd onto him, and they crowded him so much that he had to get in a boat and push away so that he could even have room to speak. But this idea of I just need a quick fix. So as I've been working out, and I've been trying to, to, do whatever I can for a 55 year old body. Several months ago, I noticed that my knees are starting to bother me and my knees are starting to hurt. Anybody else? I was just like, how? Oh. Especially in the wintertime. Kansas City winters are not good on knees. They're just not. So I thought, okay, I'm going to take care of this. So I went and I did some research and, and I thought, okay, this, there, there's got to be things out there that can, can help, you know, take that pain away. And lo and behold, I began to look a little bit further into it. And these experts on the Internet were telling me that here's what's happened to me over the years. Sitting down all this time has taken my shoulders and rolled them forward and taken my hips and moved them forward and put all kinds of stress on my knees. Right? So we walk around like this. I feel it. I walk around like this. I say, well, that's not very flattering. That's not really what I was looking for. I said, okay, well, what, what, what's the remedy here? And what I found out is that to, to remedy this, I've got to stretch, and I've got to exercise, and yoga helps. And if you could ever do the splits, you'll just, you'll just take care of your knee pain. I said, you've got to be kidding me. I, the splits weren't in there. I just made that up. But I said, eh. okay, I'm going to try it. So I start to stretch. Anybody know where I'm going here? Anybody ever tried to, uh, after a long period of time, bend over and touch your toes? Does somebody want to come up and uh, give us an example of that? Well, I said, Oh, I'll stretch. That's fine. And I began the movement, and all of a sudden, a greater pain than, than what was existing in my knees hit me. And I said this Ow! Oh, oh, that hurts. Was looking for was a was a pill or maybe a wrap for my knee or maybe a gel or maybe go to the doctor and give me something for my knee. And they said on the end No, that's not the way you get rid of knee pain. I said, Okay. So I've been working on it. I'm not there yet. My knees still hurt, but stretching hurts. Bending over, working on getting in this position. I challenge you to do this. Get up against the wall and stand there and put your neck up as high as you can. And just stand there as long as you possibly can take it. My record is about eight seconds right now. It hurts. But see, I wanted a quick fix. I wanted just give me something, right? How many of these folks were coming to Jesus and saying, I just need a quick fix? Jesus just, well, if you just heal me, you'll just answer my prayer. Now, Jesus knows this, and so watch. You'll see this over and over in this entire chapter. Now, here's what I want to do. I want to take parts from this chapter and just kind of meld them all together and then start pulling them out and taking a look at it because I think this whole chapter is is going down the same road, the same idea throughout all the verses. Now, so here's what you'll find out Jesus does. He says, "In verse nine, if you have ears, you better listen." He says, in verse 23, same thing. He says, in verse 24, consider carefully what you hear. You, you, you. So here's the point. We got to stop everything we're doing and really get in here with Jesus. And think about this. And evaluate. But not thinking about Jesus. I'm thinking about myself. In relation to this. So the questions become, what are you listening to in life? Who are you listening to? Who's in your ear that's telling you things about life? The follow-up question to that would be, well, is that the truth? And does it motivate you and I to take action or to make excuses? He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And so he says that multiple times in this chapter. In verse 13, here's what he says. You better get this. You better get this parable. So in verse 13, he says, Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? This parable then is foundational to my life and to my well-being. It is foundational to so many other things in my life and the neglect of it. Causes me problems. Just like sitting in a chair and slumped over for year after year after year has caused problems. So he's saying to us, look, you better get this one. Because if you don't get this one, you're not going to understand anything. right, so pretty important piece of teaching that's coming up. More than that, he says it this way. Either way, either way, whatever you choose, you choose to apply it. If you choose not to, it's going to be evident. It's evident. So in verse 21, you read this. He said to them, do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or hide it under a bed? Is that the purpose of a lamp? And we would all go, oh, <laughs> Jesus, no, we don't do that. You, you you, you, light the lamp so that it provides light and everybody can see. Now, follow him. In, instead, don't you put it on a stand. For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed. And whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out. Into the open. And again the statement. He who has ears to hear. Let him hear. So regardless of where we are in life. It's going to be evident. Based on how we live and how we react. So he says this. What's hidden is meant to be disclosed. And so whether or not we are applying this principle will be evident by our light or our lack of it. Furthermore, to the degree, that's the wrong one, no explanation will be needed. The story is embedded in the disposition and the outcome. Let me explain. So if you were to meet me out on the street somewhere in Kansas City or if I walk in the church building and you notice this about me. I'm, I'm bent over, my head is down. I'm walking slow. My shoulders are slumped. You know what would you think? Other than, well, you've been sitting too long and you haven't been doing your stretches. Other than that, you would think he's he, he not having a very good day. Something's wrong. He's going through something in life. Right? Are you a prophet? Are you a mind reader? Are you are you something special? No, because you're just looking at the signs. As opposed to, right, when some of you walk in here, your, your your head is up, there's a smile on your face, your eyes are bright, and you're greeting everybody, and you're hugging everybody, and I look at you and I go, wow, there's something going on in this person's life. There's something that they have joy about. The way that they carry themselves, the way that they're hugging others, the way that they're speaking and they're asking about other folks, you say, Whoo! This person is working on something in their life. And so it's evident. Whether or not we are practicing this principle or the principles that Jesus is going to teach is evident. It's evident. It's evident in our spiritual life. It's evident in our relations, in our marriages. It's evident in our business, in our vocation. It's evident in in our health. It's, it's everywhere. And so what we do is we take a look at this in, in, in our lives and say, OK, look, am I putting into practice the principles that Jesus taught? And you'll know, by the way, that you find yourself carrying yourself and things that are happening to you in life. OK, now you just kind of hold that. Here's something else he's going to say. These principles... Determine growth and outcome. Now look at what he says in verse 24. With the measure that you use. It will be measured. To you. And even more. All right. Now let that one sink in. Whoever has. Will be given more. More. But whoever does not have, even that's going to be taken from him. It's going to be measured back to us in this life. Not only in this life, but in the next. And so if I've taken the time and i put in the disciplines and I'm working on, on this in my life, I will notice that down the road there's, there's more. I say, how, where did that come from? I don't know exactly how that came But if I refuse or if I'm too lazy or if I'm making excuses and I say, well, or maybe I say, well, another day I'll get to work on this. Another day. I begin to notice that that which I had, I don't have nearly as much of anymore or it's gone. And I get mad about that, by the way. I say, God, what are you doing to me? God, I need you to come back in and give me a quick fix. Say, no, 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 there's a principle of life that's going on here. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Here's what we say then. To the degree that we consistently practice the principles or not, will be to the degree of greater growth and outcome or misery. Why are we surprised? And so I hope that if nothing else, you're hearing this today and you're thinking, wow, did Jesus really mean all of this? I thought Jesus just came to die and I'm supposed to go to church. No, it's about my entire life. That's what it means to make Jesus Christ Lord of my life. In my home, in the office, on the golf course, at church, every dimension of my life is to be given to Jesus Christ for His honor and for His glory. And He calls for every dimension. So, here's another one. In verse 26, I want you to read this with me. He, he continues. Here's what he says. This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Right? And, and, and don't lose that point. He's, he's scattering. He's doing something. He's working. He's throwing it out there. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts. And it grows. Though he does not know how. Right? So we, He doesn't lay awake at night and go, I wonder how that's growing. I wonder... Wonder, what's the miracle of the seed coming through the, the ground and the minerals and all of that? No, he just, he just goes to bed. He's done his work in scattering the seed. He's put the work in. Verse 28. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. And as soon as the grain is ripe... He puts the sickle to it because it says, the harvest has come. The harvest has come. Woo! What I love to think about, though, is the harvest. I want to get in shape. I want to be healthy. I want to be rich. I want to be a, I want to be a scholar with a Ph.D. And so I love to think about the harvest. So I say, okay, God, tomorrow make me a Ph.D., I still don't have those letters after my name. I've been praying for it. I'm just joking. I've been praying for it. And God doesn't seem to, to, to bring that. But that's not the point that Jesus is making here. So this guy scatters the seed. And then he goes to bed. And all by itself, these things start to take place. Right? As as, as you sow, so shall you reap. It will As you've been measured, it will come back to you or not. Here's what he's saying. We don't focus on the harvest or success, whatever that means. I don't don't focus on the harvest. I focus on the disciplines. I focus on scattering the seed. So I keep scattering the seed every day, every day, and all of a sudden, boom, it's here. How'd it get here? I don't know. I don't know how, but it's here. Viktor Frankl said it this way. Don't aim at success. The more you aim at it and make it a target, the more you're going to miss it. For success like happiness cannot be pursued. It must ensue. And it only does so as the unintended side effect of one's personal dedication to to a cause greater than oneself happiness must happen and the same holds true for success you have to let it happen by not caring about it i want you to listen to what your conscience commands uh, commands you to do and go on to carry it out to the best of your knowledge then you will live to see that in the long run In the long run, I say, success will follow you precisely because you had forgotten to think about it. I want to learn how to build in those disciplines, those spiritual disciplines. what, 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 What love requires of me to do. That Jesus has called me to do. I want to focus on that each day. And I know there's going to be trials. And I know there's going to be obstacles. Every day I want to scatter seed. I want to sow. and behold, one day I wake up and I've done it. Right? I've done it. It's happened. God has helped me. Can you imagine what it would be like to finally reach your goal weight you've been trying to lose all of your life? Now, come on, play. Somebody hit play back there. Can you hit the space bar? There you go. We finally hit that goal weight. It may look like a skeleton, but at least at least we say we did. Alright, enough of that. Continuing on. Here's something else Jesus says in this chapter. Quite often it's darkest before dawn. So you might be here this morning, you're hearing this, you're going, okay, yes, I got it. Jesus, you're convicting me. I'm ready. I'm ready to get to work. And and, and right in the middle of this chapter, he says in verses 11 and 12 this. The mystery. And I want to come back to that word. But the mystery of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables. So that they may be ever seeing, but they don't perceive. They may be ever hearing, but they don't understand. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. And I wrestled with this. And so, without getting into a lot of detail about it, um, this comes out of Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah sees a vision in the temple. King Uzziah has died And and, and, uh, Isaiah finally says, okay, here am I, send me. And God says this to him. Yeah, go ahead. Go out there and give it a shot. But what you're going to find out is that they're ever seeing, but they're never perceiving. They're listening, but they just don't understand. There's a couple of ways to interpret this. There's a Hebrew interpretation. There's a Greek Septuagint interpretation. And then, of course, from there on, Jesus uses it here in the New Testament. But I want to land on this interpretation. This is just the way that we are. This is human nature. I've been hearing this. I've been listening to this. I've been reading this. The preacher's been telling me. My mother's been telling me. My wife has been telling me. My husband has been telling me. I've been reading about it. And I just sit here and do nothing. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. And I think what Jesus is saying here is, that's human nature. Most of us have way more knowledge than we do practice of that knowledge. Way more knowledge than we ever apply. And as I said before, most people don't change because they see the light from the fire, but because they feel the heat. When it gets bad enough, when the knees start hurting so bad that I walk like Fred Sanford, then I say, you know, I better go do something about this. That's, that's, that's who most of us are. We don't act often until we hit rock bottom been hearing it. I've been told. I know it. But don't change. And for some of us what needs to happen is we get to this point. Don't let me scare you, but you might want to wake up your neighbor. We've got to get to this point where we say, no, we don't say we scream it. I'm done. I'm tired of this. I refuse to live like this any longer because the pain level has risen to the point where we say, now Is the time. Well why don't you wait till tomorrow. I can't wait till tomorrow. You don't have to hit rock bottom. To achieve. But for some of us. That's what's going to have to happen. That I think is what Jesus is saying. How important is this principle. That he's talking about. Well here's the great news. Okay. Shifting gears here. The great news is that he tells us this provides unbelievable dividends. This is what we're looking for in life. This is what, and Jesus knew this. And so here's what he says with the particular parable. This thing will produce a crop multiplying 30, 60, or 100 times. and your productivity could be 100 times what you sowed. I say, I want part of that. So here's what it's going to take. Small, incremental, persistent activity will pay off exponentially more than the original effort. Now here's what I want to go back to. Because I said I was going to and I forgot. It. The mystery. Jesus said, I've given you the key. Here's the mystery of the kingdom. Right? A mystery is, if you're watching one on television, you see some things and you go, oh, that's not right. And then something happens, You say, that's bad. And it starts to unfold. And if the uh, writers are pretty good, over a period of time, things will start to unveil themselves. Right? And about halfway through the, through the movie, you're like, okay. It could have been the butler, it could have been the chef, it could have been the gas attendant, but I know it's probably one of those three, and the movie keeps going. Like, oh, there, yeah, oh, no, it's, it's got to be the butler. right? And if they're good, at the end, they, they flip it on you, and you're like, oh, I never thought about that. But now everything else makes sense. Are you with me? Everything else makes sense when you get to the end of the movie. Oh, that's why he did that. That's why she went there. Oh, I begin to see. You got to stay with the mystery all the way to the end and these things begin to make sense. That's what Jesus is saying. You got to stay with this all the way through. It begins to make sense, but it pays off incredibly. So that we get to the point where we say, how did this happen? This is incredible. All I did is I just every day I scattered seed. And I kept on, and I got up one morning, and it was what was it this week? One degree. <laughs> I had to gas up in one degree weather. Say, yeah, it's, t- it's too cold to scatter. I, no, I got to go scatter. I got to scatter the It Was well, too hot. No, we got to get out there and scatter. I'm no longer going to make excuses, and so these small incremental persistent activities. Lo and behold, in the future. Pay off. Okay? So, having said all of that, are you ready? I built it up to this point. You look just thrilled sick about this. I know what some of you are thinking. Good heavens, it took all that time to get to this? If you're ready, then here's what I say to you. <clears throat> Be here next Sunday. Ha, <laughs> ha, I want to spend some time with it. It's the parable of the sower. And so here's what I want to encourage you to do this week. Having looked at all this other stuff in the chapter, now take that parable of what Jesus says. I think it's like verses 1 to 13. And see if you can figure this out. What is Jesus teaching here? So we're going to have the sower that goes out and scatters the seed. So be back here next Sunday. I believe again what Jesus said. You don't understand. If we don't understand this, how are we going to understand anything? This is for my life right now. So, to conclude, remember this Jesus is our master teacher. And there's a saying, and I've used it, I use it all the time. I'm going to say it again. Jesus is our master teacher. But when the student is ready, the teacher comes. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. See, there have been times in my life where I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to change. I just wanted a quick fix. I wasn't ready to deal with myself. I wasn't ready to get up and scatter. And so no teacher showed up. So when I'm not ready, I can read the Bible and it, 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 just, just go right through it. Just read it, read it, read it. It makes no difference. I say, Amen. Way to go, Jesus. You're perfect. I'm not. Boy, I hope I'm saved. But when the student is ready, the teacher shows up. Jesus is also our perfect example. Jesus is our Savior. He came and died for us. So that we could be forgiven and live. But church... It's time for us to make Him Lord of every dimension. He loves us, and He wants what's best for us. And that's why we want to take serious this particular parable. So my question to you then is, are you ready? Are you ready to receive it? And are you ready to get to work? And are you ready, with the help of Jesus to achieve these things that you know Jesus has placed on your heart to do and to overcome and to grow. And the reason we do this, not only because Jesus did it's because as disciples we're called to reach other people. And the more I grow, the more I have to offer somebody else. And so we are ready. And so when spiritually, we're going to do our spiritual stretching and we're going to get our spiritual posture right and it's going to hurt and we're going to say, no, we're doing this because there is no greater life. And we are ready. We're going to stand right now. We're going to sing a song of encouragement. Listen, if Jesus is calling you today, if you know you've heard some things that said, Whoo, by the way, let me just let me let me jump in here with you. Because of this, there are some things that I'm now going to go to work on in my life, and I know they're going to be uncomfortable. And I'm not just talking stretching. I'm talking about some dimensions of my life that I've neglected. And I'm in there with you. So I need some fellow strugglers, okay? I need some fellow spiritual stretchers to go with me. Because I'm going to be yelling, ouch! And I want, you, I want to hear you say, yes, I know it hurts, but let's keep going. Because the payoff is incredible. We can pray for you. Why don't you come right now as we stand and sing.